What's up, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of What the Funcast. Yes, you guessed it. It's time to spoil the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Before we go even one step further, I'm telling you right now, we are going to spoil the show. We are likely going to spoil the Marvel movies leading up to the show. So if you have not seen either of those, one being the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, (laughs) and the other one being Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the six-part series, uh, then... Enemies of the air, beware. That's going to be spoiled. So, mm-hmm. as always, we'll give you about 10 seconds here. And, uh, you know, about... Yeah, well, if you're, like, driving or something, way, you're out of I'm light, you can't skip your... Skip the thing. Also, yes, I am like, here. Hello. <laughs> just, yeah, Ahmed's here. I'm here. Paul, Ahmed, you know, the usual. Uh, nothing's changed. <laughs> usual clowns. So, yeah, if you're driving, like, punch your radio or something, turn it off, kick your speakers. All right, by now, we've given y'all more than enough time to hang up and uh, and come back to us later once you've seen the series. So, it's time to spoil. Let's uh, get into... Let's just take it from the top. Ahmed, what did you think of the show? Without getting into the gruesome details, give us a 1 to 10 rating. Uh, 7. 7? Okay. Yeah. I'd say it was probably more of like a... You know, I I came in and I'm like, I'm going to say 8, because 8 is like where I kind of feel it is. Yeah. I think it's an 8. Like, without being sitting here and saying, well, this can't be an 8 unless so-and-so is a 7 or so-and-so is a 9, all things considered, we're what, like 20? I don't even know how many Marvel movies there are. There's a ton of them now. Yeah. You start getting the shows in there, I'd say this is a solid 8. Uh, but I would agree and be open to the fact that it is a 7, like you're saying. I just, I picked 7 basically because I think it's a tiny step down from WandaVision. Like I think I liked. You know, I was more. gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you which one you liked better. Yeah. So that's interesting that you say that. Which is shocking to me. I thought that this was a shoe in that I was gonna like this better, and I still enjoyed it. It was still fun, but um, I think I liked Wandavision a little bit better. I think it was more exciting from like week to week. I think that this shows this show shows me someone who maybe didn't one hundred percent understand how too much action can be too much of a bad thing. Or too much action could be a bad thing, right? Yeah. Where there's a lot of action in this movie, and um, it just it was good, but at the in same this movie, time in the show. But I guess uh, it's sorry, kind of like in the show, six-hour movie, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, really, it is. And and like there were some show, there were some episodes that really felt like a movie, yeah. and it was like okay, like this feels like a clip out of a Captain America movie. Um, yeah, yeah. It definitely so, was. Yeah, it definitely was a bigger screen thing that was. I don't know. I feel like this. The whole concept of this series was originally a movie and they were like what if we just extended it a few hours and made it into a tv show but at the same time it felt like it was far too dense for just six episodes like it wasn't made specifically with tv in mind so they just cut up a movie and were like i don't know it felt like it was a lot it almost had like the spider-man 3 problem like you were saying with like too much action like spider-man 3 of the original trilogy had like too many villains there's too many factors at play and that's why it kind of fell apart was because like you didn't know what was happening um, this one didn't go like you know that bad, but I think there was just a lot that we didn't get to explore. Like we really didn't get to know too much about Carly besides like her little tiny inspirational speeches. We like John Walker's arc felt like very rushed. Like he went from, so I'm just jumping into my thoughts now. We went from him like reducing him into a pulp two episodes ago, and then this finale suddenly he's like a hero redeeming himself, and he has no repercussions, and like no one questioned why he was there and he was like buddy buddy with bucky talking about like giving lincoln quotes like hello what didn't we just right like what and and i think this is like this is always my fear with 
this is always my fear with the TV show formula, where it is okay. Let's let's do let's do a TV show, right? And and it's it's going to be in the style of what you would typically think of as a movie. So you take all these characters, and you you take someone like John Walker and, and, and someone like Carly too, for that matter. Right. That have like, you could have that character develop over the course of maybe three movies. Right. Yeah. And you get that same start and end as you would in this six part show. Um, sorry, I'm moving discord all around to try to like look at this screen. So I'm looking directly at you. So I'm sitting here like looking over here. Um, and I think, and I think that's always my biggest fear with these TV shows is that this exact thing is going to happen where I think Carly had, one hell of a potential in the cinematic universe. Like, yes. I think she, like, being a younger girl and being a villain, but not really being a villain, being someone that you can sympathize with and be like, well, wait, no, like, I understand where she's coming from. And I want, you know, I want to like her almost not to spoil too much, but almost it's a spoiler cast. Spoil all you want. <laughs> No, 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 no. With almost almost some of the same thematic elements as The Last of Us oh, in oh, part oh, two, oh, oh. Yes. right? So yep. where there's different characters that you're like, is this person a villain? Are they not a villain? And then you know you, you get into that whole thing where it starts to build. If you give it a chance, it starts to build up so much to the point that you're going through and completing the game and or completing the show, and you're like, well, hold on, like who's the bad guy here? And yeah. do I do I really think that you know? The, you know, this person is a, a bad guy or, do you, or a bad a bad girl or a bad woman. Um, you know, and, and you start to get you start to get wrapped up in these thoughts, right? And that's kind of what happened in what Civil War, right? Civil War was like, well, do I side with Captain America? Or do I side with uh, Iron Man? Yeah, right? and you, it's you know, like it's not clear cut, which is like good guy, bad guy. It's not like you know, light side, dark right. side, whatever. It's very, it's more complicated than that. And that's what I really loved about Sam's mo- uh, monologue. That was like my favorite part of the finale. Um, at the end because it like it put to words yes. what I was already feeling I was like they're not terrorists and he was like well they're not terrorists have you ever stopped to think why they're even doing this in the first place and why they're fighting so hard with their lives to you know do XYZ irregardless of the point or right. the fact or that they took the super soldier, super soldier serum but like there's a reason that they're doing these things and I felt like it was a very timely uh, speech or timely thing to say in you know in terms of everything that's happening in the world in general with you know like police brutality and, and Black Lives Matter movement and all and anti Asian hate and everything that's going on, it's like these people that are you know out in the streets protesting. Like people are always so quick to be like, oh well, don't destroy things and don't set things on fire and blah blah. blah. And it's like, have you ever stopped to think why that why they're doing these things? Like why there's so much rage and pent up anger? And it's it was very timely and I really really liked that monologue, even if maybe it was, I don't know, it wasn't. I guess it. It went on pretty long. I was gonna say maybe it was too short or too condensed, but I mean, what are you gonna do? No, I think it. I think it went on. I think it went on for a pretty long. Yeah, it was time, a good like two, honest. three minute speech, but it was good. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely long enough. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it was. I think it was great. I think the speech at the end, to your point, was fantastic, and it summed up like a hey, if you were rooting for Sam and Bucky this whole time, like hold on like and, and because you've got uh the senator who comes up and it's like oh like this is the new captain america as we know them right or as we know him yeah and 
he's automatically going to side with the Senators because Captain America, right? You know, Patriot, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not, like, 100% backing you guys. I'm telling you there's a problem and you need to address it. And, like, Carly died and there's other people out there who will follow her and will start another Flag Smashers era um, or movement for that matter. I mean, the ideology is out there. Like, there's, it it was so funny to me that the whole, not funny, but it was interesting to me how in the entire series they were like, well, how do we stop her? We have to kill Carly. Like she's like the end all be all of the movement, but like she's not. She said it herself in the last thing. Like she's I don't like she said it uh what'd she say? The the movement is so strong that she doesn't need her. Like it can continue on without her. So I don't think Right. She said I I don't have to be here. She's like yeah. I, I could leave this I could leave this world and it would still go on forever. Exactly. Or it would still go on, maybe not forever. Yeah. So I wonder if this isn't the last time we're seeing the flag smashers, but at the same time, I guess they won't have the super soldier serum, so they won't be as like pertinent of a villain. Or maybe, I mean, we'll talk about this, but obviously the new a new Captain America movie have been or has been announced. And my hypothesis, I guess, is that um, we'll still see kind of more of this theme of like the GRC and what happens with that, and do the senators actually take action, and what happens with Sharon and a lot of fun stuff. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean the uh, the game is still showing it takes two. Okay, that's not my fault. <laughs> Streamlabs literally said, I made it say podcast. While, uh. while you're changing that, so on the topic of John Walker, right? I mean, talk about go like i just i think that maybe if they extended this out to maybe 10 episodes maybe it would be it would give them more time to develop some of these characters especially carly especially john walker because you've got john walker too who your point right they introduce him the internet's like a blaze like that's not my captain america i you know we hate him his chin is all these his all these chin? different things right he's you're right like all these <laughs> all these people are complaining like he just doesn't you know uh, and Wyatt Russell, like, <laughs> you almost feel bad for him, um, it, where he's like, he's like, I, you know, he's trying to figure out why everybody hates him, and then he gets on all these talk shows, and he's like, look, I've never even seen a Marvel movie before I got into this role, and it's like, what? <laughs> we hate you even more now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so there, there's that piece of it, um, and then he goes in, and then he goes, like, ballistic, but once again, you could almost sympathize with him, where it's like, if someone killed your best friend as you're trying to, you know, go through this, like this man survived all these, you know, war events, we'll say, right? All these different things in war, and and then for, um, and then for uh, who actually killed him again? It was Carly. Wasn't it was it? Carly. No. Yeah, yeah, it was Carly. But he killed the guy. That's right. Yeah. And then he killed the he he killed the guy, and he's like smashing him or whatever. There was no real like. Even though we went to court and all, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, John Walker, you're whatever. You're no longer Captain America. You're this, you're that. You're stripped of all these things and, like, be happy that we're letting you walk out. And then he goes and builds his uh, his shield out of tinfoil or whatever. You know, there's all those pieces, right? But he, like, he's smashing this dude in, and and I'll, I'll go, I'll die on this hill. So people were like, how can he smash this person with a shield? But then Disney's like, mm. Hillary Duff and Lizzie McGuire reboots? No, no, no. That's too adult for this. Like, that's bullshit. So bullshit. Uh, shame wrong. on Disney for that because I think that that's a, a really shitty scapegoat. Um, just say that there's problems or there's creative differences or whatever you need to do. Uh, don't you know? Don't cover it up with some nonsense that's disproven in just a few short months later. Yeah. Um, but then you've got all of that, right? So you've got all of that. you got John Walker. And then, and then, like you said, they're all, yeah, oh, Lincoln quote, nice. Yeah, bro, yeah, whatever. Like, they're walking away yeah, and, like, and Hello? You know, helping each other. Like, where, yeah. what happened between that? Like, why was he allowed? Why did no one stop him? Like, I don't what jurisdiction does he have? It's very silly. Right, right. Well, and that was something else, too, where, like, um, 
the Dara Malaje? Dora. Dora Malaje. Okay. I, I didn't I'm like looking for it real quick. I'm like, come on, I think I know the name. The Dora Malaje, right? Yes. So so they came and they're like, We have jurisdiction over whatever or wherever we go or something yeah, like that. Yeah, wherever we find ourselves to so, be or whatever. Right. So then you start to get into that theme, right? Where you had Age of Ultron where they've done all this damage and then that's when the Sokovian Accords come in and you've done all that and then you still have the Dora Malaje that are like, No, 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 we'll do whatever the hell we want. We'll kill you know, do whatever we need to do. Um, granted. They're in Wakanda, maybe they're in like their own little bubble, you know, maybe they're not, you know, held to the same standards, whatever. Yeah. There's still people out there like that, right? It was also really and funny to me that it, the what was like that was in response to John Walker saying, like, you guys don't have jurisdiction here. And it's like, and you do, you guys are in a foreign country. Right. None of y'all right. have jurisdiction anywhere. Like, why did right. he suddenly feel like, well, I do? And it's like, you're literally called Captain America and you're in Lithuania. Hello. <laughs> right, and that and that was his power trip, right? Yes. So that was that was him, like, hey, look at me, I've got a shield, I'm like backed by the government, I'll do whatever the hell I want. Um, and then obviously that got quickly taken away, but it just it happened so quickly, right? Yes. And I say so quickly is over the course of what about six hours, we'll say. Um, and I'm curious to see if like, and I, I have to look into it how long WandaVision was compared to how long Falcon the Winter Soldier was. Because even though WandaVision was more episodes, they were only 30-minute episodes. Yeah. So... I don't know how the, the I, overall runtime. I don't know. Yeah, I'd imagine it's probably the same. And I feel like I got more out of WandaVision, and it was better pacing. Yeah. Where it was, you know, here's a 30-minute clip. Boom. 30-minute um, clip of whatever. You know, all these different segments of of Wanda's artificial made-up life with, uh, with Vision. Uh, did I say WandaVision? I meant Wanda. Anyway, maybe I said Wanda. <laughs> Wanda's made up artificial life with Vision, yes. right? Where this was like, you know, oh, what's in the case? Oh, what's, you know, this? So, oh, also, what are your thoughts on the new suit? Um, I liked it except for the headpiece. That weird, like, yeah. I don't know what that is. Why they had to extend, like, some white thing up to his neck and ears and eyes. And then it just stops, yeah. like, and right here, like, right? Hello? Yeah. Who designed that? Like, why does he need that? Yeah. I don't know. It felt very, yeah. very silly. But, um... Besides that, it looks really cool. I'm very into it. Seeing the shield on his back, though, I was like, yes. yo. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, me. I'm screaming through the whole episode. Episode 6, episode 4, episode 5. I'm yelling through oh, all. Episode but. 4 was definitely, I think, my favorite of them by far. I watched the episode like three times. It was so good. That was the one uh, where the Dora Milaje comes. Yeah. And, yeah, yes. And, and where Zemo escapes. Yeah. yeah. That one was definitely, like, not to get all, you know, sad about this, right? But I was telling Lauren, like... I wish we lived in a world where even the possibility of Chadwick coming or T'Challa coming in was a possibility, right? Yeah. Because not that I think I think it was probably always the Dora Milaje, right? I don't think that they even would have brought T'Challa into it. Yeah. But like, I did miss that big cameo, right? Like, and it's almost it's they've almost set the stage for it now. We've had a big one in Wandavision, had a big one in The Mandalorian. We have all these different big cameos. It's like I know that a lot of people get on like the oh. We need to move on and, like, you know, develop different stories for different characters and stop harping on the past and bringing these, like, older characters to, like, get people excited. But that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want, please. So, I was fully expecting uh, a cameo from, like, Steve Rogers at some point because I think yes! John Walker had an interview where he – they said, like, have you ever met Chris Evans and, like – a talked about Captain America and he's like oh wait until you see episode six. And, like, I was like oh well that's a big spoiler but then nothing happened. I wonder if they cut it. Mm. Or something? Mm. I don't know. But, I mean, at the same time, I wasn't really super missing it because I liked... I don't know. I, I really enjoy Sam as Captain America now. Like, I, I think he's yes. an awesome evolution of the of the character. 
Um, you know what, though? I will say this, and maybe maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but keep me honest. I think that we got so much development for Sam, I feel like we got shorted on development for Bucky. Like, I, I think that there was a lot of development, but it was so much stuck on, like, the past that I don't know what the clear-cut path forward for Bucky is, right? He's just yeah. still Bucky. He's, like, a man that has now settled his past, and he's living on his own. He's doing his thing. But, like, what's next for him? Like, we know what's what's next for Sam, yeah. obviously. Sam is now the new Captain America. Um, yeah, he's definitely still playing the kind of sidekick role in this, I think. Right. Like, he took center stage in the first and last episode in terms, like in the the dude that he was having lunch with the whose son he killed and then in the last episode like him closing that loop but that's like the only development we get and that and the one episode where where falcon is uh, where sam is you know training with the shield or whatever and bucky is talking about letting go of the past or whatever and or falcon is teaching him like they were it was like a therapy session you know what i'm talking about that one scene uh, right i mean that was all, really all, we all got six episodes Right, all six episodes were like a giant therapy session for Bucky, right? Yeah. I mean, where, yeah, he's like going in and he's saving Sam when John Walker's about to kill him or whatever, and he's jumping in there, and then, you know, you've got all these different fight scenes and everything, but I, I don't know. I mean, hey, look, maybe it's paving the path for, you know, this new Bucky that's got his head on right now, and the past's in the past, and, you know, it's nothing but moving on forward from here and so on. So may, maybe that's the case, and maybe I'm just kind of short-selling the progress that he made in this show. Yeah. Um, no, I, but I just feel like this definitely feels like newfound... this was Sam's show, and Bucky was there right. to help. <laughs> yeah, I have such a newfound appreciation for Sam. Yes. Which, frankly, I didn't really before. Like, I mean, he was the Falcon, right? He was always, like, second fiddle to Steve Rogers, to some extent. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of the Captain America movies, or in a lot of the scenes where Captain America was involved. Yeah, no, so. I, I really love what they did with this character and how they developed it. Um, but it could be said, to the, to the extent that this is kind of Sam's show, that this was basically just an epilogue to Endgame and him, like, actually taking the shield. Like, that's really the whole theme of the show was, like, do I deserve to actually hold the shield up? Because the first scene of the of the of episode one is him to, uh, giving it away. So um, this kind of just fills in the gap of, like, him actually taking over as opposed to them you know, after Endgame making Captain America 4 and suddenly he's Cap and it's like, well, what happened between that? Like, how did he reconcile actually becoming Cap? Um, right. Fun stuff. But so. you could say all of these, you could say all these shows are like the epilogue to Endgame, right? Because oh, yeah. WandaVision was Wanda coping with what everything that had happened yep, yep. Um, now that the threat is gone. Yes. So. And we'll see what Loki does. I don't know if Loki's gonna... Because obviously Loki's fate was sealed in Infinity War, so who knows what'll happen in, in the Loki series. So... Not anymore, right? Because in the events in Endgame, they essentially brought him back. Did they? I mean, they they have. I'm pretty yeah, sure well, he's dead, got, dead. No, I mean you have you have you have you have the the Loki from the past now. That's that's what the whole show goes on. Loki from the past. Yeah, when they go back to uh, the Avengers one. Yeah, New York. They didn't bring Loki back. They go in. Did they? What? Loki disappears with the Tesseract. Wait a minute. Again. Yeah, really? you, didn't, you didn't catch that? I don't remember. That movie was three hours long. There's so much that happens. Carla slash anybody else in the in the chat, keep me honest here. I don't remember. But that's the whole that's the whole premises. So I think they even show it in the trailer where, you know, he, he gets his hands on the Tesseract and he disappears. I don't remember that. Maybe okay. maybe I'm Do just misremembering. When, that's fine. When you're done, when you're done here, go back and rewatch that. I scene. figured that the sure. show would just be like a complete like Pre, uh, what's the word? Prequel, <laughs> like everything that happened before, <laughs> the before Infinity War. 
Not necessarily uh, him afterwards. Loki series I didn't even think timeline. about that. Hold on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's after. Interesting. Loki series timeline explained. 2019. <laughs> who do you think I am? Here we go. December 10th, 2020. Loki trailer confirms new timeline made by Avengers Endgame. Ugh. Uh, this one comes from Screen oh, The first trailer from Marvel's Disney Plus series confirms the existence of a new timeline within the MCU thanks to the, tit- the titular gods Endgame rule. First trailer for Disney's Loki confirms the MCU has a new timeline created by the events of Endgame. Tom Hiddleston first stepped into the role of the mischievous god Loki for the 2011 film Thor, and through his follow-up appearances in various films, became a fan favorite within the MCU. Uh, though Loki perished at Thanos' hands in Avengers Infinity War, Endgame saw an alternate Loki escape to somewhere within time and space with the Tesseract. This sets the stage for Loki, the third Marvel series slated to premiere on Disney Plus next Wait, year. Wait, okay, year, but how honestly. did he escape with it when they had all six stones again when they did like the final snap doesn't the tesseract contain the space stone or yeah the base the space stone right uh well, let's see picking up I'm with confused. loki following his endgame escape the show will find the tricks are running afoul of the tva aka the time variance authority little is known about loki's overall plot uh though it has been revealed that it will also start owen wilson blah 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 uh, so now there's two space stones day. i'm so confused <laughs> Um, I don't know if he escapes with the Tesseract or not. Did I read that out loud? You did, I think. Or did I... I, I think I said that out loud. Oh. Um, following his endgame escape, the show will find Trickster. I think he just I think he just disappeared. I don't think he disappeared with the, with the Tesseract. I think that was a mistake on my part. I'll have to rewatch that. Scene. I'll scroll through... I'll scroll through... <laughs> I'll scroll through the scene right now as we go through some of the lore and uh, take a look. But I, I very clearly remember him disappearing. Yes. Um... Carlos so. says he does because it's gone in the end. But don't they you they snap like I don't know. Maybe I'm I don't know what's going on. Anyways. <laughs> he said maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what's happening? Um but yeah, wrapping up my, my general thoughts before we jump into like the overall lore and stuff. Um I thought the character development was excellent. I really loved episode five where we got to like just get to know more of Sam and Bucky and and they had the whole therapy session as we were talking about. Um, episode four was my favorite overall. I also loved Madripoor. I feel like we were teleported into like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, yeah, that was a really fun scene. Uh, but yeah, I mean overall, I think seven out of ten. Just I don't know. Like it, it was it was good. It was enjoyable. But I think I was I was much more excited about WandaVision, Surprisingly, shockingly to me. Um, but also, well, I think it's also because we didn't expect much from WandaVision and we got a whole hell of a lot. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 I would agree with you, though. I think that's a, a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, I think seven is good. I just felt like, I think I was I was talking to Carla about this. I like, At some points, I felt genuinely stupid. I'm like, what's happening in the show? Because, like, in the first, like, two episodes specifically, I was so confused about, like, I don't know, just all these different, like, agencies and the power broker and the GRC and these camps. And I'm like, am I dumb? Like, why is this not clicking to me? And I think that was more of a symptom of it being so condensed. Like, there was a lot happening mm-hmm. in such a short time that he didn't really have time to explain and i was just like am i dumb or is this just not being explained well i'm not gonna lie i had no idea what the hell the power broker like oh the power broker and i'm like, like okay is that supposed to be significant that mean? like what means that nothing mean? to me yeah. apparently yeah. like i i now realize that it's obviously we know it's sharon but i realized that you know a power broker is someone who basically brokers deals between buyers and sellers like the seller being yes, the u.s yes. government and the buyer being another foreign entity or whatever and they get a cut off the profits and you know they basically distribute power amongst the world which is a really cool uh 
thing that's going to happen for Sharon and later later MCU projects, I think. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Yes, it will be very cool. So, all right, I'm watching the scene right now as we speak. Tony Stark is on the ground. Uh-huh. That's America's ass. Oh, wait, no, Tony Stark's on the ground. <laughs> Tony <Sorry>. Stark! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Ant-Man jumps and kicks the uh, kicks the, the Tesseract uh, suitcase. And then present-day Tony Stark grabs it. And then? Oh, and then there's, there's the Hulk. And then the Tesseract flies out of the case. Loki kicks it. And then what happens? <laughs> Come on. Wow, pacing issues. I'm telling you. No. <laughs> Nothing happened in 10 seconds. Pacing issues. Oh, anyways. So, yeah, I have no idea now. Because Loki literally grabbed the Tesseract and disappeared. So, I have no idea where the new Tesseract comes from. Yeah, I... This all... Endgame bothered me specifically in the fact that I don't like time travel in movies. Because it's never right. It never... Yeah, so it's I always think too confusing. We're going to... We're going to get in a timeline now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think, where things are just not going to make sense. Where it's going to be, like we've talked about the rumors behind, um, (laughs) my brain goes into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 3, right? And dealing with this whole multiverse idea. Um, And I think it's only going to get weirder now with you've got time travel and then you've got alternate dimensions and you've got different timelines and you've got characters that are never really dead. And I think one of the comments in one of the interviews we talked about was the director of Spider-Man 3 pretty much said, no one dies in this universe. And it's like, okay. When he got, uh, what's his face? A cameo character. I won't spoil it in case no one wants to be spoiled because the man spoiled the whole fucking movie. But Right. um, And I agree 100% with Carla. Back to the, back to, uh, back in the future. Back to the Future, I think she means, has the easiest time traveling. You go in the past and change the future, and it's just like yeah, that. and it's just the linear like, timeline as opposed to like branching right. multiverses and whatnot. They confuse the hell out of you so that they have the potential to bring back all these different characters, and it's like no, you create another timeline. So now you got like forty-five different timelines if you continue screwing up with the time. So anyway, yes. All right, let's jump into uh, let's jump into the lore. I think we both agree a seven out of ten is appropriate. I'd say that. In terms of the hype levels, I'd say an eight, but you're right. I think with everything, all things considered, it's probably I'd say like seven. seven and a half. How about that? A nice middle ground. Perfect. <laughs> um, so <laughs> now, where would you rank it amongst all the movies? Uh, I'm kidding, we're not please, no. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, just like random tidbits that I found as I was like researching online. Um, so I'll just go run through a few of these, and Paul, you can take whatever ones you you want. But um, the Sam, the, the Sam, the fight between Sam and uh, Batrock, the Leaper. I guess, is what his official name is from the comics, courtesy of Chris. Uh, Echoes not only episode one, um, like, obviously, that's the first villain that Falcon fights in episode one of the series, but also Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the movie, which also opens up with, like, the first fight that modern Captain America is having, and it's also with Batrock, um, or Batrock, Patrick? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's French. Um, he said Patrick. <laughs> like, it's Patrick with a B. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what it is. Patrick Barr. Patrick <laughs> Barr living under that rock. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Patrick Barr. Uh, anyways, but the fight that they had on the ship, it was it was interesting to me that like you know Falcon's finally taken the roles as Captain America, and he his first fight as that character is also with the same uh, opponent. So that was fun. Um, and then obviously in the end of the episode, we see uh, the truck that's headed for the raft is uh, bombed, and we see some old man sitting in the car, and I was like, who the hell is that man? And I didn't realize that it was Zemo's butler. Um, but Zemo's butler apparently bombed the truck, which. It's funny because then immediately cuts to a scene of Zemo in sitting in the prison watching TV. And I'm like, how are you going to have a television in the maximum security prison called The Raft where you're not supposed to have any contact with the outside world? And yet you were able to contact your butler and also get a TV to watch the coverage of the bombing. Like, whatever. It's, it's yeah, a movie. I think, I think it's that, yeah, it's, it's not going to make sense. But I think it just shows that 
Zemo still has power, even in a maximum security prison. Yes. I think is all that's trying to show. Which is... Or he's got contacts that'll get him out of the prison, one of the two. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, just because, uh, obviously, Zemo's a Baron, and we didn't really get to see that in uh, Civil War. Like, But his character in the comics is like this ridiculously rich thing, and we finally got to see that in this series, which is cool. Um, that he's just like super rich and can do whatever he wants. Um, also, fun fact, I didn't catch this at all, but I caught this, or I... I learned about it from someone that pointed it out on the internet but in the and like the first few episodes when he's still stuck in uh in the cell um his cell number is 2187 at the beginning of the show which is an easter egg reference to cell 2187 in a new hope where princess leia was held and where they were both subsequently broken out um which was it was kind of alliteration or not alliteration illusion to what would happen in the future episodes because we knew that the cell number was 2187 before the episode where he got broken out um, you could have hit me in the face with this fact, and I would not have been able to tell you that. I mean, that's they could have zoomed in on two one eight seven and put Star Wars, and I still wouldn't have known. <laughs> put Star Wars, <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah, the so Lauren picked up on the on the Butler uh, piece of it. I had no idea. Another one you could smack me in the face with. I'm like, I don't know who this old man is. Yeah. I'm like, no oh, idea. some new villain? No, it's just Simo's. Uh, honestly, when I first, I was like, is that Batman's dude, Alfred or whatever? What's his name? Stop, <laughs> Alfred! I thought about that <laughs> he too. He looks like him. <laughs> He does. Really, like you could have said that like that was a scene leave. from Gotham City, and I was like, "Yeah, of course, <laughs> yes, correct." <laughs> um, so, I'll I'll take this next one because yeah. I actually, you know, I, I have some thoughts on it too. Uh, so Sharon being the power broker. So what I found to be interesting, uh, and Ahmed, you put here that you think she's neither good nor evil, uh, just in it for herself. Um, and I think that you're 100 on the ball with this because everyone that knows that she's the, the power broker is now dead, right? So Carly knew and. Um, the other guy, I don't, Patrick, actually, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, that's that's Patrick Star. Okay, Patrick so uh, yeah, Bat Batroc. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah. So both of them are now dead, right? So it, even through that whole little episode there that Sharon had with them talking about how she is the power broker and she's ashamed that they left or whatever, and you know, all that whole little segment, uh, they were both killed. But well. I should say Carly was killed after that, but that that little monologue—well, not even a monologue—but that conversation between those three characters was over and done with by the time Sam gets in there. Yes, and then Carly's then killed by Sharon. So Sam is also conflicted on why she killed Carly. She knows, you know, he knows that she probably had to do it, but he was still disappointed because he felt as though there was still uh, a lot that he had to do for Carly to help her. Yes, and now she's dead. So yeah, it's it's interesting because. The whole thing with Sharon is one of those things where I kind of sat back and I'm like, look, and there's a lot of people out there that are probably like, oh my God, uh, the Dark Avengers or whatever, all these different... The Dark Avengers all, who? Us. No, there, there is a Dark Avengers. Oh. I was reading all these different uh, ideas, but um, Secret Wars and all these things. Oh, it's like, like comic I don't know book what arcs. any of this. I, know, I don't know what any of these comic book arcs are. Yeah. And... You know, I don't, I don't know what they are. I'm just going to sit back and trust the same way I did when Thanos grabbed the gauntlet at the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and said, I'll do this myself. And everyone's like, oh, shit. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Or like when the Captain Marvel symbol came up at the end of Infinity War, and I'm like, I don't know who that is either. So <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and be ignorant, right, and read the fan theories online and trust that what they're going to do with Sharon is going to be something good or something great for that matter. Yes. Um, but, yeah. So you made a, you made a, a good point here about The, La uh, the Last Jedi. I think you should bring up. Yeah, so it's interesting. So in The Last Jedi, we learned that both the Resistance and the First Order buy from the same common weapons dealers and that the real like winners of the Star Wars are all the rich folk that were sitting on that planet, Canto Bite or whatever, gambling away all their money that they've earned from both sides of the war that they keep on like 
you know, I, I guess the, the underlying meaning was that they keep on spurring on the war so that they can keep profiting off of it and that, like, the war would never technically end. Um, and then, you know, that idea was abandoned in episode nine, but I think it's, I, I like that idea and I like that we're going into a deeper level of it's not just like good or bad and not just light versus dark. Um, so I, I hope that this is kind of the trajectory that Sharon's character goes wherever, you know, in whatever movie that she becomes, you know, the antagonist in. Um, in the future or whatever show she becomes the antagonist in um, because I think it's a really interesting idea to explore like how someone like her can you know balance all these like world powers and then have such influence behind the scenes without knowing like knowing her name um, and you know just winning regardless of who you know technically wins the fight versus good and bad um, like mm-hmm. she was just kind of it's almost like she used the flag smashers as a pawn just to get her to be pardoned in the u.s so that she can get more power and then you know we see in the after credit scene she gets on her phone and she's like hey guys i got new buyers like we're gonna have like u.s government tech that or like line up our buyers are gonna have like access to all these like government secrets uh which is very interesting so i think it'll be hopefully this spells out uh good stuff like again you were saying you don't know any comic book arcs so i don't know what this is necessarily leading to in terms of stories that already exist in the comic books but hopefully they're good if people are hyped about it i'm hyped about it you know it's funny and this is gonna probably come out the wrong way but when when that whole piece that end credit scene uh happened what went through my head is like how many times do these people screw up and like let these people in and then there's a new villain and it's like not that i'm remotely tired of marvel content right yeah but it's like how many like you think to yourself, like, if, and this is putting like a, a real world or a more realistic spin on something that's obviously fantasy and comics and, you know, action adventure, you know, stuff from comic books, but it's like, how many times do you let these people in that are like, oh, like, I don't know, you're just like, oh, you're pardoned, like, you know, your family yes. has a rich history of doing so much good for the country, just pardon them. Well, I mean, it, what really, it, it, really what it is, is it draws parallels to our government, right, and, and everything going on in our world, yep. where it's like, oh, you're a great person, it's okay, and it's like, no, you're like one of the most corrupt people in history or whatever, yep. you know, not even naming names, just people in general, right, it happens all the time, so, yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I guess, if, I guess now that I've drawn a... You said an illusion. I think it was an alliteration. No, alliteration um, is when like two words start with the same letter, like Patrick Bar. Oh, really? <laughs> that would be alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it it'll certainly be interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes, um, and I'd imagine that's going to be probably one of the big themes in Captain America Four. We'll Most likely, if not if not that, then in at least another project, or maybe like just overall Phase Four. Like maybe she's just going to be in the background of all these movies like haha i started this war or whatever i don't know power broking <laughs> power broking um speaking of the power broker madripoor um i didn't realize was actually very significant uh to the x-men universe and this is the first time that we've seen it in the actual mcu uh, but not the first time we've seen it on big screen it was also apparently in the new mutants movie which i didn't see because it was bad. Um, anyway, so this one comes... That's the only reason they released it was to just introduce Madripoor. That's, basically. It. That's the only reason why they but released it. But it still wasn't part of the MCU, because it was in development, like, way before the acquisition. Um, so it was just, like, its yeah. own random offshoot. Anyway. Um, I think we've probably talked about the uh, New Mutants and its problems uh, leading up to release more than we've talked about most Marvel movies. And honestly, it's not even a Marvel movie. I well, I mean, it is a Marvel movie, but it's not in the MCU. But yes. I'll watch it one day. Who knows? 
Um, no, you won't. This one comes from Vulture. Uh, Madripoor has been a location in the Marvel Universe for years, first appearing in the New Mutants way back in 1985, but it was more closely associated with the X-Universe than the Avengers. Oh, maybe it didn't even appear in the movie. Maybe it was just called in the New Mutants like comic book arc. Never mind. Um, it's located just south of Singapore and is more of a small island nation in the books than a bustling metropolis in the show, although it does have the high town and a low town in the source, too. Interesting trivia. Captain America once teamed up with Wolverine there in World War II, marking the first time chronologically that they ever met. It's very interesting stuff. So it's now part of the MCU canon. So who knows what will happen with that. So that's further proof. You're never going to watch the New Mutants. Just don't even lie to the people. <laughs> I mean, I I was always interested because it was like, ooh, superheroes and horror? I love that. And then apparently it was not good. So who's to <laughs> say? Um, do you want to take this next one or should I? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, give me some background uh, as I read through it. But yeah, so who is Val? So this was like the biggest, probably one of the big. Like, I thought it was going to be a cameo of some sort. But anyway, this person comes up to John Walker. I think in episode the episode that he's like stripped away of everything. So uh, that's what episode five. Five, yeah, yeah, because four was the big one where he smashed in the person, and then five was the events afterwards. Yes. So, um. And this person comes up to John Walker uh, as he's sitting there, you know, fresh, freshly stripped of all of his Captain America rights or titles, whatever you want to call it. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, what I heard what happened. And then she alludes to the fact that she knows pretty much everything about what's been going on in his life. And he doesn't have the shield anymore. And then all these other things. And he's like, like, he was all startled. And she's like, you'll be hearing from me or whatever. And then the show obviously ends with Val giving him a new suit. Um, calling him the U.S. agent, which we'll, we'll get into that in a minute here. Uh, but there's a Vulture article that I'm linked here, and it goes into who is Val, uh, saying she's the Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, just most, or, or just Val. Most ridiculous name uh, on the planet. It really is. And she says it in the show. She's like, but just call me Val. Um, a character who first appeared way back in 1967 in an issue of Strange Tales, which, once again, no idea what that is. <laughs> uh, she became a recurring player in the world of Captain America and started her life as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., even becoming Nick Fury's lover. Who uh, <laughs> who else can't wait for that reunion down the MCU timeline? Get this. She drove a wall between Cap and Fury by flirting with Mr. America, and then later the same thing happened when Cap dated uh, Sharon Carter. She's trouble. Here's where it gets interesting. In an issue of Secret Warriors in 2009, Val secretly joined Hydra and was revealed to have been a, a Russian sleeper uh, agent a Russian sleeper agent her entire time in shield. It feels like this is uh it feels like that is the Contessa who has been who's been in wow. Can you read? Who has been introduced to the MCU. <laughs> you you your cursor flashed up and then your name flashed up and it oh, blocked my words. Sorry. So, <laughs> thanks for screwing me up, making me look like a fool. Um so uh this this obviously plays in fairly well to the rest of the show because at the end of the show, when they're about to get the, the super soldier or the rest of the flag smash and take them to uh, prison, right? Or, well, the maximum security prison that Zemo's at, uh, the raft. So when they're doing that, he closes the, or he opens the door, he's about to close, and he says, what is it, like one world, one power? One people. Or one people. Uh, and, and so that kind of perpetuates that whole idea of like oh hydra is back in just a new form right where you know other people be like hell hydra you know in your ear or whatever yeah. right so this is kind of the same idea so this would not surprise me if she brings back hydra in some regard or whatever the new age of hydra looks like whether that's a flag smashers or you know hydra 2.0 or some yeah. other word or name from the comic books that i have no idea what it is 
Um, yeah, so like, ask me to hydrate. <laughs> like, she, uh, shield isn't really necessarily a thing anymore, but we got to see like sword, which almost seems like an evolution. <laughs> it's like Pokemon. You got shield and sword, um, but now we have Stop, you know you're right. like Hydra and Flag Smashers. But I don't think Hydra would be compared comparable to the Flag Smashers. I feel like the Flag Smashers had a much more noble goal, whereas Hydra is just kind of straight corruption. Um, but I see what, you're, what more you mean. So, about, like, more so in the thing. regard. Yeah, more so in the regard of like you're in a, you're in a crowd of people. It's a crowd of Hydra supporters or a crowd of Flag Smasher supporters, yes, right? Where yeah. you've got. It's just like you don't know where they are, right? Yep. Where even um, was Hydra? No, I'm think I think I'm mixing up Iron Man three. Oh, I can't. Two? Don't ask me anything about Iron Man two and three. I don't remember a shit about those movies. I never do. It's it's funny. We just watched Iron Man one, so Lauren was like, "I forgot all about Iron Man one. Like, let's put it on." We had it on, and like it all came back to me as I was watching. I forgot Jeff Bridges was even in that movie, um, and the fact that Paramount made that movie. Um, but who's the wait? Paramount made who, that movie. Yeah, Paramount is in the opening. Huh. Uh, yeah, because that was before. That was like before there okay. was an MCU kind of thing. Right. Okay. So I got Carla. She remembers things. So there was the person that like turns the fire or whatever. They weren't Hydra, right? Like the person that like melted or whatever. They would like, I forget what it was. It took like I'm a, pretty sure it was one of the Iron Man movies. Person that melted. Uh, that sounds so familiar. Like, they're like fire people. I don't remember. Carla's gonna be like blah blah, blah and then say it. They were AIM. Oh, what's AIM? I don't remember. Hey, well, it's the messenger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carla, fill us in here. Who was AIM? Um, uh, yeah, it's like it's so funny because it's one of those things where you've seen all the movies and you may have seen them multiple times, but there's so damn many of them that you're like you just got caught up in the moment of like, tell me about Thanos. I'll tell you all about Thanos. I'll tell you mm-hmm. about Infinity Stones. Couldn't tell you shit about Hydra really anymore because Hydra's so far back. Yeah. Um, I like, but there's yeah. just some movies that I'm like, I watch them and I like, the image is is on my eyes, but I like am not processing it. It's like it just bounces off my right. retinas, and I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not absorbing it. I don't know. And that's one of those like that I've seen the Hulk multiple times now, Iron Man two and three multiple times, Thor Dark World, and like I just don't, they don't, they're unmemorable. I don't know why to me. Like I I've, uh, I remember aim, like random things. Aim was what. Aim was what Guy Pierce's character was in charge of. Okay, I vaguely remember this. <laughs> Either way, it wasn't Hydra. That that's the moral of the story. Got but it. yes, so it wasn't Hydra. It was Aim. Thank you, Carla. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you 100. percent Like I could not even tell you one thing from the Incredible Hulk outside of that, like the villain, like that big Hulk looking thing. Like that's all I remember. Um, Edward Norton was there. No, yeah, that's all I remember. And he was like, it was like a soda factory. That's all I remember. <laughs> Um, Hydra, yeah, Carlos Sanchez doesn't remember Hy- uh, Hydra and Iron Man 3. So I think that was just the whole idea of the, um, what's the, oh my gosh, I just, I had it on my tongue. Not the Mandalorian. <laughs> what the hell? The Mandarin. Oh. Uh, it's like, the Mandarin what? being the villain. Yes. And talking about bringing the Mandarin back in, uh, in Shang-Chi. Yes. So, yeah, it, very interesting stuff. So I'll tell you what, what I also forgot, Iron Man 1, Rhodey was played by Terrence Howard yes. instead of, um, uh, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah. I was gonna say Don Cheadle because yeah. I'm so used to. It. I, well, that's where my brain went too because I'm oh Don Cheadle again on this card <laughs> chewing on grass. So oh, no. Anyway, all right. So but yeah. So all right. Let's keep going. Yes. So Mr. John Walker, we obviously discussed this in the beginning of the episode a bunch and how it didn't seem like his arc was given the right time. Um, and like, is he forgiven now? What goes on with that? Blah blah blah. So uh. I want to start, I guess, with this quote from Collider here. 
um, which kind of sums up my my thoughts pretty well and says the most generous reading of Walker's arc is that it's too easy on purpose a commentary on who America lets off the hook while Sam Wilson a proven hero is still wrestling with wearing a costume that was specifically given to him John Walker who again beheaded a man very recently is gleefully accepting his new costume and title US agent without question um, because of course look at that man's jawline and I feel like <laughs> honestly that's kind of what it feels like like they didn't give it enough time to for him to have any redemption arc it's just like oh well he chose to pull the truck up instead of going after carly so suddenly he's a hero now and it's like who gave him the right to even be here like why did why was he able to go behind like the police tape in the first place that was very strange to me um it would have felt better if they introduced him right and then in like like if they introduced him in a movie and he was this guy that was kind of pushed to the side and was like you know and they like kind of you know i don't know bucky and and sam kind of pushed him to the side and beat him up and like get out of here like you're fake captain america whatever yeah. push him to the side and then he goes away for the entirety of the series and then in a future movie he comes back like hey like i'm still not okay with like all of this and then you start the super serum thing where he takes super serum now he's like a lot more badass and he's an actual threat as opposed to before yeah i think that they just did him a di- well I, I do think they did him a disservice because I think he'll be he may end up being a good villain or he may end up being a villain a villain period I'm assuming he's going to be um, but yeah you're right I mean he's off the hook almost instantly and that's yeah. I mean it's bullshit right it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you have come to kind of develop in your brain yeah it just felt like there was no there was no consequences but at the same time I did actually enjoy his his bit like during the court trial and he's like you guys made me do this like. You gave me Medal of Honor, a Medal of Honor, and like three Medals of Honor. That's like an insane number. Like to get a Medal of Honor, just one, you have to do like some crazy, you know, shit. I don't know, but like he's given these Medals of Honor for like killing people, and so that he just did what he does best. He did what he was trained to do and what he's been rewarded to do up until this point. And suddenly he kills a person, but it's on camera now. Oh, that's bad. That's a bad look. But like you can kill people off camera and you'll get these Medals of Honor. So like. I see well, where right. he's coming it's negative from. negative publicity for them. Yeah. yeah. I see where he's coming from, and he's like, you guys made me do this, and why he's so frustrated, and, and I almost, like, want to sympathize with him to an extent, but, like, you can't be absolved. Like, you're, you can make your own decisions. I don't know. But um, going back and, and just talking in general about his character and his arc and the future of him, uh, it was really interesting. Back in episode four, when he took the serum, we're reminded of the conversation that Steve Rogers had with Dr. Uh, Erskine in uh, the first Avenger where he says bad becomes worse and good becomes great. And then I think it was in episode four where um, you see like Zemo and Sam discussing like Zemo's like, would you take the serum? And Sam's immediately like, no, absolutely not. But then um, uh, what's his face? John Walker asks um, Lamar and he's like, Hey, do you, would you take the serum? Lamar's like, hell yeah. And like, Sam, or, and, and then John Walker's like, Oh, well, you know, he presumably had already taken it at that point. It was kind of like trying to, uh, what's the word? reinforce what he's already done and hope that it was a good decision um so i think and uh, i'll talk about i guess his his arc in the comics in the future here um and what his character might look like later on and who the u.s agent even is because i didn't even know what the u.s agent was um but it's interesting that he kind of had that little heroic moment in the in the finale to save the truck uh, but something tells me he's still not going to be a hero. So this one comes from the rap, and I'll quote here: John Walker is definitely an ambiguous in an ambiguous place right now. He's clearly not the best guy in the world, and he's overly emotional and susceptible to people telling him what he wants to hear. Uh, and he's now apparently working for Julia Louis Dreyfus's uh, mysterious Val, 
who we figure uh, will play a major part in the MCU from here. Valentina is certainly not the best person either, and judging by her comic book history, we should expect her to become either a major villain or a morally gray Nick Fury type. Uh, if it's the latter, then John fits in naturally with her, because that's how he is in the comic books as well. Uh, a guy who sometimes does good stuff, sometimes does bad stuff, and has a tumultuous relationship with the actual heroes. Uh, the way he is portrayed throughout the Falcon Winter Soldier follows that characterization almost to a T, so it would make sense for him uh, to be the same way as U.S. Agent. So U.S. Agent is basically just an alternate Captain America, essentially, just another agent that does weird off-the-book shit kind of thing, um, as kind of as Val was saying in, in the last episode, that she's going to like, things are going to get really weird, so we're going to need someone that can do weird shit. We're not going to need Captain America, we're going to need a U.S. Agent, so very interesting future and i hope i'm not sure if this is what's going to happen in in cap four or if this is more so like an overall phase what phase were we in four five i don't even know phase sixty thousand. phase four <laughs> yeah overall phase four thing or or what have you but i suppose we'll see i suppose we'll see in the future yeah so it's it's interesting it'll it, I, like the part that gets me every time is that we have all these different characters who because they're not one of the avengers that we know and love it's like oh you kind of like put your guard up. You're like, I don't know who this character is. Like, I, I'm not going to invest much time until bit. I'm given reason to believe that they're going to be more involved in the future. And, like, Val is one of those characters. Uh, John Walker is one of those characters. Or became one of those characters over the course of the six uh, episodes. So, this is a great segue into the next piece here uh, in regards to Eli Bradley, the grandson of Isaiah, right? So, this one comes from Vulture. Uh uh, Eli Bradley, the grandson, uh, grandson of Isaiah, who would also become known as Patriot in the Marvel world and even become a member of the Young Avengers, a book that has been rumored to be in the Disney Plus pipeline. We have definitely not seen the last of him. So that's interesting because, you know, you th this kid had what? I don't know, maybe... Like one minute total? minutes of screen time? Yeah, like... Yeah, maybe that's a lot. Maybe, yeah. He, physical screen time, he probably had like one minute. You're right. Yeah. Um, and it's usually probably in the background of uh, the conversations that were had with Isaiah. Exactly. Where it's like, you open the door and he's like, what do you want, man? And it's like, slam the door. Okay, so there's five seconds. Yep. Uh, and then he's standing in the background for a while. Like, oh, where are we going? That's another 20 seconds. Um, but yeah, so yeah. not a lot of time. So I never would have cool thought to see he was that. a significant character at all. No, no, not at all. Right? And then the same thing goes for uh, Joaquin Torres, who apparently has uh, some other, you know, origin story in the comic book. So this one comes from Games Radar. So Marvel's com Marvel Comics character Joaquin Torres has made the jump to the MCU. The possible replacement for Sam Wilson as the Falcon has an unexpected origin story. Uh, so let's see. That's right, because in, in the first episode, it. he was like kind of helping with like Red Wing and the wings and everything. He he was kind of like almost. It, it seemed like he was going to be uh, like Sam's apprentice, um, but then we didn't really get to see too much more of him throughout the rest of the series. But um, I didn't realize that he was a big character either. I just thought he was like a random yeah. person. So he became a regular character in the comics. I'm just paraphrasing at this point from Games Radar, uh, just scrolling through. Uh, he became a regular character adventuring alongside Sam even after the return of Steve Rogers, um, which I don't know how that's going to fit into any of this here because once again like i'm sitting here reading this i'm like oh great i just spoiled something <laughs> who knows what's going to happen between the comics and the movies because they have not followed everything i think uh, the the finale of this show kind of cements that steve rogers isn't going to come back like i don't i don't i think he's not done. for the foreseeable future yeah. yeah uh had given sam his shield and mantle when he lost the youth blah blah, blah. um evil steve or steve as we used to call steve wait <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
turns into like Soldier Towards 76. The, uh, uh, let's see. When Steve was repowered and de-aged in the story, thanks to the... Uh, there's so much stuff here. I don't know where to even begin. Taurus joined the other young heroes of the Champions, Marvel's current top team team, as part of the underground resistance to Hydra. Anyway, he becomes a superhero. Oh, here we go. Joaquin Taurus in the MCU. It's pretty unlikely that Marvel Studios would go to the well of copying Heroes Reborn 2021. For one thing, it's not a canon story, but a fun twist on ex expected concepts. More of a comic book oddity for longtime fans. Uh, could point directly to one of the likely long-tailed developments of Falcon the Winter Soldier. We now know that Sam has taken the mantle of Captain America, complete with a new Wakandian-created costume that is near-identical replica of Sam's comic book Captain America suit with new built-in Falcon wings. That leaves the original Falcon wing harness ready for Joaquin Torres to slip on to become Sam's protege. Uh, similar in the comic books, bring the MCU legacy of Captain America and the Falcon to its next logical step. Uh, while it's not overtly signaling it, the signs are there. Sam and Joaquin's first face-to-face -face interactions occurred while Sam was repairing his wings. And in episode 5, Sam abandons the wings, broken in a fight with John Walker, and leaves the harness to Joaquin, telling him to keep it. Which, that did happen, right? Mm. So That did happen, uh, Joaquin indeed. Didn't, Joaquin didn't join the final fight with Sam and Bucky and John, and there were no Easter eggs in episode 6. But he was seen in the finale, and it still stands to reason that he has an, uh, an MCU feature future, excuse me, as the Falcon. And of course, it's always unlikely that the MCU version of Joaquin Torres would become a kind of genetic Falcon-human hybrid, but thanks to the nature of the Falcon in the MCU, he won't need to. All he needs is the guidance of the man, Sam Wilson himself, the training and the tech to do the job. He might now have two of the three already. So, interesting. Um, hopefully I didn't spoil anything that people would find offensive to that. Uh, offensive? But... <laughs> I don't know. You know how I am about spoilers. I'm super sensitive, so I try to be respectful of other people acting crazy like me. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting. Very interesting. Because yes. we another character, we saw him for what, 15 seconds maybe? He was maybe like 10 minutes. He had that one scene in the beginning, and then he was like with the Flag Smashers that one time. And then, I think this was all episode one. And then he appeared like minorly in episode five or four. And then that was yeah. it. And then he was watching the TV at the end of episode six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I think this was an introduction to a lot of characters. I mean, same with WandaVision. WandaVision also introduced a bunch of characters. Like, I don't think that's... Uh, well, it might be the last we're seeing of, like, Agatha, but we also met... Um, God, Maria? Or Monica? I was confused which one is which. Monica. Monica Rambo. Monica, yes. Like, we met Monica's character, and... Um, I forgot who else. There was... I feel like there was someone else. Oh, like, the kids... Uh, Wanda's kids. I don't know if they're going to come back. Tommy and... Uh... Billy? Tommy, Billy and Tommy. <laughs> yeah, right? my head, my head always goes to Tommy and Timmy, the Nook brothers. Anyways, <laughs> just ignore me. Oh, you would say uh, Tommy and Chucky, like from Rugrats, but close enough. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I, I think, um, I think that there's a lot of characters in these shows that we're going to see more of. Yes. And if we're going to talk Wandavision, then yes, I, well, hopefully, y'all seen Wandavision too. I think I, I prefaced that in the very beginning, yes. but yeah, I think I think we will see more Agatha Harkness. I think we will see more of uh tommy and well it depends on how how deep they go into these alternate timelines right yeah. because i tommy and what the hell is billy the name? What, billy <laughs> my head keeps going to danny i don't know Who's why danny? <laughs> i don't know um but yeah tommy uh anyways i forgot his name already so <laughs> billy 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 Jesus tommy Christ. and billy um yeah i'm losing my mind i don't know why i can't remember the two of their names you just say billy and tommy first me. billy Billy Bob and Thomas. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm losing my mind. I don't know. There's two names I can't remember. I, my mind always goes to Tommy and Timmy. I know that's wrong, but I'm like Tommy and Danny. Nope, that's wrong too. Um, so I just told. I'm, I'm just going through it. Let me live. I don't think we've seen the end of a lot of those characters. I think we'll see the girl. Uh, what's her name? The one that was working for or not working for? 
Um, who are the three? The agent, the girl, the, like the the dirty girl. What's her name? Oh, um, Darcy. <laughs> I was like, who are you Darcy? talking about? Yes. And then Darcy. what was the other guy? Uh, Wu John. Uh, Wu John Wu. Yeah. Is it, wait, is it John Wu? Or is that his? Wait. John, John Carter. No. Yeah, sorry, Carter's Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. I was like John Jimmy Woo. Woo. No, Jimmy. John John Wick. Uh, wait, no, Jimmy Woo is his real name. Randall Park is his John real Woo? name. Jimmy Woo is the name in the oh. in the show. <laughs> wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> all right, Jimmy Woo. Yes. I, I think that we'll see more of all those characters, right? Jimmy Woo, Darcy. Uh, I think we may even <laughs> may even see Carla. May even oh, see you're in the, the comments. Uh, being like, oh wait. She's confused too. Good, good, good. That's right. Tommy and Timmy are their names. Um, I think we'll see more. I think we'll see more of all of them. And then there's still White Vision that uh, you know, blasted into the next oh, yeah. dimension. Who knows where yeah, he's we're at? Yeah, we're definitely gonna see White so, Vision again too. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna see a lot of those characters again. I and you know, I expect the same for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Where we're gonna see a lot of these characters again. Yes. So, either way, I think we've got a lot in store. But what's the next? The next chapter of the story, I'm going to tell us. We already talked about it a little so bit. So this was announced on, I believe, Friday, like basically right after the uh, Like last seconds episode. after the finale. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one comes from Hollywood Reporter. Malcolm Spellman is picking up Captain America's shield once again. The head writer and creator of Disney Plus and Marvel's Falcon and the Winter Soldier series is developing a fourth installment of the Captain America film franchise for Marvel Studios. Spellman will co-write and script with Dalen, or Dallin Musson and uh, a staff writer on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so that's super exciting. So Falcon is officially, or well, Captain America now is officially getting his his own movie, um, which is super exciting. I and we hope that it picks up on a lot of these uh, kind of loose threads or loose ends that have been introduced in the show, or maybe it'll go something somewhere completely different. And these loose threads will be picked up in in other series or other movies in the future. Like we said, we have no idea. I think the Marvel universe is very unpredictable in that way, and purposefully so, because they know that a lot of people have, you know, read the comic books and know all these stories, and they want to keep it uh, surprising and fresh for everybody, um, and obviously, like, adjust the stories to make them more timely. Like, for example, Carly Morgenthau in the comics was Carl Morgenthau, um, so that was, like, a, a big change um, mm, for that character, and things like that, so, um, pretty exciting stuff. The way you said this person's name is Dallin Moosen, when his name is probably, like, I'm assuming it's a he. Uh, is Dallon Mousson. Stop. I don't know. I'm going to look him up. <laughs> I have no idea who this person is. Writer, actor. I have no idea who this person is. The more, like, uh, like uh, if there's four pillars of what the fun cast, one of them would be would be Ahmed's inability to speak French okay. or pronounce anything French. I don't know if this man is French. He doesn't. I am totally French. kidding. I I was just mm-hmm. I was just joking about all these other According people trying to pronounce their to names. his LinkedIn profile. He is from Los Angeles, Cal- or based in Los Angeles, California. I don't know where he's from. Dallon Mousson. It's probably like Swedish. <laughs> Anyways. I Googled it. Not LinkedIn. I Googled him and LinkedIn came up. Anyways. Mm. Now he's going to see that I looked at his LinkedIn profile, so that's good. Not link- Not LinkedIn. <laughs> not LinkedIn. All right. I think that about wraps up our our thoughts for the spoiler cast. This might be one of our longest yet. I don't think we've ever hit an hour. It really, of spoiler it cast, really is. But it really is. There's a lot to talk about. I think the best thing that came out of this whole episode though was uh, Patrick Barr. <laughs> Truly, hope everyone listening is probably like, "Who the hell? Why do they keep saying that? You guys are so weird." Unfollowing this weird ass podcast. Anyways, oh my God. that's his official name. It's okay. All right. Thank you all for watching if you watch live. Thank you for listening if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, thank you for watching if you watch it on YouTube. I guess we can download this episode and put it up on YouTube as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
thank you everyone and we will catch y'all later in just two short days on <laughs> just Tuesday. two short days i might stream later tonight who knows lord knows i'm not watching the oscars i've never seen a movie in my life but um, you know this is the first year i think i have like no desire to watch the oscars because i too have not yeah, seen a single movie i don't so. like i don't know any of the music i don't know any of the movies i like nothing is gonna it's just gonna all go over my head i'd rather watch a movie instead of watching the oscars <laughs> maybe i'll maybe i'll actually watch one of the nominees and we'll see we'll see if it wins perhaps all right this is paul and ahmed signing off peace